Does anybody know the pronunciation of this film director's name? I know he's Russian, but... Ilya Nishiller? Or Ilya Nishiller? I don't know. It's a tough one. I usually, I usually Google these things before we start. And it's funny because it'll take you to YouTube. Because yeah, you might be respectful and get it right. And sometimes it'll take you to YouTube with some random pronunciation. You're going, yeah, that's not right. That's <laughs> <laughs> something just at it to try and trick people like me into thinking that's how it's pronounced. Then I'll say it. Then I hit against me and I'm cancelled. We should go back and edit that BAFTA podcast we went and did where I was like, praising no clap for five minutes straight. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking that when it all came out, I was like, Shit, did that back up go live? Oh, it did. Oh, and there's somebody going, Oh, he deserved it. Pop his call. And I was like, Oh, fuck. Although, in my defense, the difference between me and the BAFTA, oh, me and BAFTA was, I didn't know. Exactly. Exactly. It's, it's actually know. terrible. Like, I, that Guardian article went on for a long time. Like, I just kept scrolling, and there was just so yeah. much. I, do you know what, though? It's always, I feel like it's even worse. When it's someone who's really professed to be like championing like people from different backgrounds and different levels of privilege and access and races and all that sort of thing, I feel like that makes it worse because he's made such a big deal out of being an advocate. I just recently started watching the his Kidhood trilogy as well, and I'm kind of like, oh, man, <laughs> you want to finish it? I can still separate art and the artist, you know. I don't know. I can't even watch Doctor Who anymore because I think uh, every day there's just something new. Because <laughs> <Getting tattooed laughs> uh, I started watching that Viewpoint program oh, the one did they, cancel the last episode? they had it on the ITV player But they didn't show it on Friday night I don't know what they showed on Friday night But they, they didn't show it live And uh, I think it was it was getting taken off on Sunday or something So so people actually did want to watch it I mean, I watched the first one I recorded the, the rest of them But I mean, what's the point? I've not watched the last one And it wasn't that brilliant anyway, so you know, it's not that deal. Is, rubbish, it's terrible. I didn't like his films. <laughs> it's it's going to be interesting from here on because the the way that everybody turned against him and basically came out in support of the, the, the woman, I don't think we've really seen something like that before. Uh, to that sort of level with a sort of TV star who is still young and active and, you know, in the business and everything. It's going to be interesting to see if that's what it's going to be like the next time somebody does something like that or somebody, not not that they do it, but the next time a a revelation comes out like that, is it going to be just as harsh? I wonder, though, if it's because, so, for example, when you look at the Harvey Weinstein and the Kevin Spacey and stuff like that, they are famous on a much different scale to someone like Noel Clark. And I wonder if that's like it's almost. I'm not saying he's not important, but what I mean is he's not. He's not someone as maybe part of the like culture and your sort of view in history. Maybe like unless you really like his movies or have seen him in you know certain TV shows, you're actually maybe not familiar with his body of work. And I'm wondering if that's the difference because obviously Weinstein Group are where everywhere, and obviously Kevin Spacey is super famous actor. And I wonder if that's the difference. Because he's not as well known. Oh, I don't know. Actually, because I think he's. I think it's a. The, I think it's more to do with the amount of people, maybe. Oh yeah, I mean, there's twenty, 20 solid yeah. stories. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's. I'm not saying should be any taking it less seriously if it's like a handful of people or just even one. But you've got twenty people there. That's a long article to to fit mm-hmm. all those mm-hmm. allegations in. Mm-hmm. And I think it's because he just got given that BAFTA as well that. Spotlight was really on him anyway, but you're right. He's not really. It's he's more of a somebody you would know 
if you're more into your films as mm-hmm. opposed to just a guy as you watch what's that you guy Doctor Who not realising that he's this mm-hmm. he's really known for director and stuff like that he's not a household name I would say not you know yeah and I do wonder if that's why it's easier Maybe I'm to, wrong, but... to turn your back on someone like that not that I'm saying that like there's a people there were some tweets that I saw like you know what happened to trial by jury and not trial by social media and all that sort of thing but ultimately this is the world we live in and no matter what it is, whether it's a famous person who is involved in some sort of scandal, or it's like if you even look back when that young girl Paige was murdered near Clyde yeah. Bank, and everybody had their theories on social media. Now, I was obviously working at the paper at the time, and to try and moderate stuff like that, because ultimately the paper is responsible for what's on their social media pages, is impossible. So imagine what it's like when a story like this breaks and everybody's just spouting all of their shit on social media. I actually don't think it is trial by social media. I think that's a very thoroughly investigated article and I just hope the right outcome. Yeah, this isn't just a tweet that somebody's uh-huh. sent to him and said, you did X. And it's like, mm-hmm. well, and he suddenly said, no, I've not. And everybody just went, oh, no, we're just going to believe this person who we don't know and it's anonymous and stuff. People have put their names out there as well and signed off in this. And it's a, I think you need to kind of look at the bigger picture of these kind of things and you can't look at it always just... You can't treat all these cases the same. You can't look at them the same. You've got 20 mm-hmm. people, all unrelated, unless the chances they've all come together to create some sort of conspiracy against them. And for what reason mm-hmm. would that be? You just need to kind of look at um, the, I don't like to say, but circumstantial evidence at this stage. That can be enough. It's not travel social media. It's looking at the available evidence and saying, well, do I believe this or not? Mm-hmm. And it's quite a damning case so far. Oh, yeah. Well, you, you only have to look at, I think the, the whole trial by media thing has come about because trial by jury doesn't happen for these type of allegations. Yeah. It's like something sure. like less than 1% of reported rape allegations against somebody are ever brought to trial or ever brought to prosecution, I think it is. And mm-hmm. even then, they don't get convicted. A lot of them don't get convicted. So there's it's very difficult to actually work your way through the legal system. So People are finding Sticky. other ways. And like I say, it was a number of people as well. It was like 20. And then there was, I think there's been another three. There's been police reports as well now. It's not mm-hmm. just allegations that have been made via the, the Guardian article. It's yeah, a lot it's more serious. It's, it's I think it's just the abuse of power. I think so. It's like the thing about like the naked additions. And then once he finally did cast someone, it was writing like really explicit sex scenes into things that he would cast himself and a another. And I just think that is, like, it's one thing to, you know, harass someone on a set, but to actually go out of your way to write something into a script, to just abuse the position that you have, I'm like, that is really fucking grim. Yeah. It's, 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 it's a power thing, isn't it? And you get some people in these kind of industries that have always had that kind of power and grew up with power that mm-hmm. people know club that haven't. And it becomes made all these excesses in a sense, but they've came from nothing got the power and it just shows you it doesn't matter sometimes that power just can corrupt you or mm-hmm. goes my dick to begin with and it just kind of brings it out of you but yeah I'm interested to see what happens going forward with it but uh, it's it's quite it's quite grim hopefully what this will do it will encourage people to speak up more as yeah. well because there's far more people out there there's like open secrets about various people that you you eventually it who was the the US producer recently? Oh, I, I can't remember now. Yeah, yeah. 
God, I can't remember what it was. And that was an open secret for a number of years. It was just regarded as, oh, that's just something that happened. Do you know what I don't understand, though? See, like, an open secret, right? So an open secret to me is like, you know, like Roman Polanski is a paedophile or Woody Allen is a paedophile and stuff like that. There are so many actors and actresses like who have the authority and the power and the stature to call out this shit and they just don't and I think that's what's so disappointing so you have I mean I'm not picking on Tom Hanks right but probably nothing's going to happen to Tom Hanks's career right he is the sort of universal everyone's favorite uncle you know America's good guy all that sort of thing he should be using his platform in some way shape or form to be calling out this shit and not giving these people the support the platform the access to making movies or whatever it is people who have the name and the authority and the sort of prestige behind them need to start really... Co- it, it can't be we guys on social media. People need to be calling out this shit at the top. Yeah, definitely. Yep, of course they do. But a lot of people, they, they've got a public image. And I'm not saying this about Tom Hanks. If yeah, sorry, he was just an example I used. Yes, sorry. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but a lot of people have a public image and it's completely mm-hmm. different from what they're like in private. They may be more concerned about their career and everything in private, whereas in public they come across as being very open and quite easygoing about things. So, yes, mm-hmm. I, it's it's a difficult one, but you're right. People do have to speak up. They really do. I mean, it, we could argue, we don't know if we spoke about this in a group chat with Christopher Eccleston, and he raised concerns in the past about the toxic culture of working in Doctor Who and people being bullied and stuff and things like that, and he was quickly silenced. Now, we don't know what his allegations were talking about, we don't really go into detail, but he was very quickly silenced, and the public perception was it was bitter. Oh, yeah, he was the problem. I remember yeah. that narrative really well because I couldn't wait like for that series to start with him, and then when you realised he wasn't sticking around, and I read a couple of things afterwards, and all of a sudden it was like he had got too big for his boots, and he thought he was, you know, as I say, the big I am who had relaunched this show, and I was like, wow, he doesn't really ever come across like that. But that was the narrative that was being fed out, and I'm convinced it was to sort of counter any allegations he had made. And that's a guy who's the star of the show, very famous actor, Mm -hmm. and let's be honest, he's a man. And look how he was treated. And you don't believe... How how, how is somebody um, with not as much power and privilege as that supposed to come out and say something? Mm -hmm. There you go. That's the BBC for you, if you think about it at that time. That was, what, about... A decade ago? 2005. Yeah, yeah, so it was like sort of pre-Jimmy Savile. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And all that sort of stuff coming out. So they were very much in denial about that as well. I do like, though, the, it was a story we also branded all day. And the story itself was ridiculous to how it was worded it. Um, when he, he asked the wardrobe girl, I think it was, to flash him, or he wasn't going to go in the yeah. scene, and it was referred to him as, oh, Russell, what's he like, the jeepster? But Billy Connolly took him aside and said, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah. This is, this is yeah. unacceptable. And you see, he just stood like that, and you think to yourself, be more like Billy. Because I'm not going to lie to you when I saw Billy Connolly's name in that article, my heart sank, I was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I know, but that's that, you do kind of like, obviously we had said like, in, in the message, there seems to be a disproportionate amount of this and the thing is it's disproportionate because it's been so covered up for so long and therefore th- these types of behaviors have not seen being encouraged but they've certainly not been discouraged either so it's almost like a breeding ground for i do whatever the fuck you want oh, it's just a bit of laugh yeah tell her to get her so that's really funny and it takes someone to actually go what the fuck are you doing yeah for it to stop mm-hmm. the thing about that was it wasn't a an expose or a, a, a news story it was a press release 
Because at the end of it, it was advertising what he was doing next. I was like, what the fuck? Scary. That lovable rogue held up filming. And the worst part was, it was like other members of production were saying to her, like, going to just get your tits out so we can get the scene filmed. Like, imagine! Absolutely crazy. I know. That story is as horrific as the story is. That someday, I know it's a son, right? But still, they still felt that they still felt it was okay to publish that. Mm-hmm. And the tone that the wedding did, and you're like, mm-hmm. how did it get through all these layers? This isn't the 1930s we're talking about here. <laughs> even then, I think even actually even then, the 30s people were probably like, "Spunk over." That's a bit. That's a bit explicit. <laughs> probably my standards then. Oh, I don't know, the casting couch was around then too. <laughs> yeah, sure. Well, there's I, the whole... I reckon that this is the more to come out, I suspect. Yeah. There was the whole story around Gone with the Wind at the time. There were people pretending to actually be doing the casting and how it was like this big open casting mm-hmm. for the Scarlet mm-hmm. O'Hara part. There was a film made about the making of Gone with the Wind and it focused on these two guys who pretended to be part of the production and they would travel from town to town holding auditions mm-hmm. and that's what that was it was just a, a case of you know like right yep you know get your clothes off that's it you know all that sort of stuff and it was jesus is, is that not is it the black dahlia is that how that movie opens a fake casting and they try to like kidnap and rape the girl is it that movie or is it something else it's one set in the 40s anyway in hollywood it might be that can't remember, but there is a film that starts with that exact kind of sequence as you're describing, John, like auditions here, and all of a sudden mm. you're in some hotel room, and aha, uh-huh, yeah, maybe that movie. Can't remember. Quite possible. I've not seen it. I, I know what you mean. I've. Yeah, it's not a great is it, film. Is that the Josh Hartnell one? Yeah. Yeah, I've not seen it. Thomas, <laughs> see, when you were talking last week about how you had written a short story or written a very short story, I thought you said it was a slash fiction, not a flash fiction. That's <laughs> <laughs> like it's a bit of a left turn for him, you know. But <laughs> well, Mary was saying there was not enough sex in my novels, so yes, yes. So, no, so... What I said was, <laughs> I was just curious to see how you would handle any scenes like that. But you cut away the chapters. I read your story though; it's very good, very good. It's on oh, medium, isn't it? Yeah, aye. yeah. Nice. It's excellent. For a four-minute read. It's nice of them to say how long it's going to take you to read it. I thought it was excellent. I thought yeah. it was really good. So I've got a bunch of stuff that I'm going to kind of periodically publish over the next few weeks, and then hopefully kind of encourage me to write some new stuff as well. Just That's try it. and build a back kind of following through the blog and then redirect them to the books and that kind of thing. Sounds good. Nice. Oh, actually, I saw your link to that, and I went back onto Facebook to look for it again, and it was like the post wasn't on your page. Can you send me a link just so I can yep. get through and read it? I actually wrote that in about 2010. I wrote that a long time ago. I just kind of rediscovered it the other day. You drafted it, changed a couple of wee things here and there. And thought, yeah, I still quite like that. Took out the bit where you asked someone to flash their boobs in a joke. <laughs> yes, I renamed the character to a <laughs> Trussle friend. <laughs> <laughs> just have open Twitter there. Can I get the notifications? I see Bohemian Rhapsody's trending and I don't want to click on it. Oh, no. <laughs> Why? That makes me nervous. Maybe I'll do a follow-up. Bohemian Rhapsody 2. Yeah. (laughs) Freddy's Revenge. (laughs) (laughs) I don't even know where that came from. It's a a Nightmare on Elm Street film. uh, And that'd be a great idea for a sequel. Like, uh, Freddy's Revenge comes back from the grave to seek revenge on Brian May for (laughs) pissing on the Queen legacy. (laughs) 
for those fucking fake teeth. Yeah, and the clips that I have seen, it literally sounds like he's trying so hard. I mean, I like I, I was somebody who like have really big front teeth, but it literally sounds like he is trying to keep them in his mouth. Like every word just sounds like they're slipping further and further from his top lip. It just looks rotten. Yeah, I, I'm actually just fantasizing about this idea becoming perhaps the two horror movie. <laughs> and he's like, uh, like Adam Lambert's been found all his bite marks on him. Oh no, not Adam. <laughs> and I kind of like, who do you think? Who do you think I've done this? And Brian May's like, I recognise that bite anywhere. <laughs> and then they kind of like, you see the gap they go between the front two teeth. <laughs> yeah, they go out Freddy's grave and dig it up. The body's missing, you know. Oh man, I do as we have come up with in this podcast. I am just astounded. 